Welcome to the preaching podcast of Poplar Springs Baptist Church in Hiram, Georgia, and the preaching ministry of our senior pastor, Wayne Meadows. It is our desire that the message you hear today would call you to a closer walk with Jesus Christ, and that your life would give glory to God as you apply the biblical truths proclaimed. For more information about the ministry of Poplar Springs Baptist Church, check us out on the web, www.psbchurch.net. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the preaching of God's Word. have your Bibles with you tonight, let me encourage you to open them to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, and tonight we are going to be looking at verses 41 through 48. Psalm 119, verses 41 through 48. It's uh, somewhat fitting that we should find ourselves in this particular stanza in our study tonight. This is the sixth of 22 stanzas, and we come to this sixth stanza, uh, the stanza that's um, um, highlighted as the Vav stanza in your uh, Bible tonight. It says W-A-W, if you're reading from the ESV above it, uh, in the Hebrew pronunciation, it would be the Vav, not the Wa, uh, but the Vav. And uh, in, in just a reminder, this psalm that we're studying, Psalm 119, is an acrostic. So it's 22 verses of a song, and each verse, uh, each stanza is eight verses in length, and then each stanza, each sentence begins with its corresponding letter of the Hebrew alphabet in sequential order. So we started essentially A, B, C, D. Uh, and now in the Hebrew alphabet, we come to the Vav letter, the sixth letter. And so each line in this, these uh, eight verses begins with that letter. And tonight, it's fitting that we come to this one, because you'll notice in a moment as we read it, that this stanza uh, is encapsulated with love. Here we are just one day away from everybody's favorite holiday, right? Valentine's Day, and uh, all the love that was expressed and emotion that was shown uh, apparently, God did not want us to miss out on that because He's going to give us a, a really good glimpse tonight at what love is. And we find that here in these verses. In these verses, the psalmist is bringing us to new heights in the psalm. It's here tonight for the first time that we will hear Him uh, declare His love for God's Word. Now, He has said much already about. God's Word, and there's much more that He will still save, because that is the, uh, the main subject, the main focus of this entire psalm. But here tonight, He declares His love for God's Word. But before getting to that, He opens the stanza, He opens this section by declaring His need for God's love. So this particular verse in this section of Psalm 119 is encapsulated with love. And what we find sandwiched in between those loaves of love is the psalmist's desire to wield the Word of God as a faithful witness for God. So tonight, as we look at this one stanza, the Vav stanza of the Golden Alphabet, we're going to hear the psalmist's desire to wield the word of God in faithful witness. So let's hear God's word tonight. Let's look at these verses. Psalm 119, 
beginning with verse 41. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually, forever and ever. And I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings, and shall not be put to shame. For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. And may the Lord bless tonight the reading and the teaching of his word. So in this stanza that is encapsulated with love, the psalmist declaring his need for God's love and expressing his love for God's word, we find his desire to use God's word effectively as a faithful witness on God's behalf. If you were following along carefully and listening, you notice that on three occasions, the psalmist makes allusion or direct reference to him serving as a witness for God. He said in verse 42, he says, Then I shall have an answer for him who taunts me. So here he is wanting to give a reply to one who is reproaching him, mocking him, rebuking him for his faithfulness in seeking to live for the Lord and live out God's word. He wants to to be a witness to him, if you will. And then in verse 43, take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. It's him expressing in prayer and petition to the Lord, let your word always be upon my lips. Let me always speak your word. And then perhaps most clearly in verse 46, the psalmist declares, I will also speak of your testimonies before kings. So here he is declaring his desire to be a witness for God in some very high and influential places. And I think once again, as we've talked about in our study of this particular psalm, uh, I'm more and more inclined to think that perhaps Daniel is the author of Psalm 119. Because if you remember Daniel's story, he was taken to to Babylon and there he ministered before kings and those in high positions and places of authority. And here he is expressing his desire uh, to continue to do that for the Lord. So in this stanza that is surrounded with an aspect of love, we have the psalmist wanting to be a faithful witness, wanting to be a faithful witness for God. And what we realize tonight as we think about these verses for a few moments is that the Word of God and our witness for God go hand in hand. The Word of God and our witness for God go hand in hand. In fact, you can't really be an effective witness without the Word. So the Word of God and our witness go hand in hand. We know uh, that as followers of Christ, we have been called to serve as witnesses. In Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, Jesus there, before he would ascend back into heaven, had assembled his apostles and disciples, and he gave them a final instruction, a final charge, and he told them, 
you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be, what, my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so we, we have there uh, the commission that he has given us as his followers uh, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And as we do that, we're witnesses for him. And so we're called to be witnesses. And 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter, uh, who was there when Christ gave that explicit command, reminds us that it's something that applies to every child of God. In 1 Peter 3.15, uh, we, we hear an echo or a whisper, if you will, of what the psalmist has told us here in our verses tonight in Psalm 119. Because Peter says, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense or to give an answer to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So here we have Peter telling us as followers of Christ to be ready, to give an answer, to speak a word for the hope that we have. That's what the psalmist is praying here in Psalm 119. Lord, let your word be always upon my lips. Lord, let me have an answer for the one who taunts me. Lord, let me speak of you before kings. So as a witness, we always want to have a word ready. And the most important word that we can share as a witness is a word from the word using the word of God. In Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 17, the apostle Paul there says, how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? or someone sharing the word. How are they to preach unless they are sent? He says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For as as Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And then Paul concludes, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So there's that wedded aspect that we're talking about tonight. To be a faithful witness, to be an effective witness, we must utilize the Word of God. Those two things go together hand in hand. Faith comes from hearing, hearing through the Word. Our witness for Christ is and must be wedded to the Word of God. So as we think about that for just a moment, before we get back to the text in a little bit more detail, let me just kind of uh, speak to this idea of the Word and our witness going together. I think one of the things we need to think about in regards to being a faithful witness and using the Word of God is that it's not our testimony that saves and brings faith. It's the Word of God that does. It's not our testimony that saves and brings faith. It's the Word of God. Now, don't hear me saying tonight that your testimony is unimportant. Your testimony is important. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ tonight, you have an amazing story to tell of how Christ has changed your life through the power of his gospel, of how your heart treasures him above all things, regardless if it was a dramatic conversion experience or if you grew up in the home of Christian parents and and simply through their influence you came uh, to a place where you realized you needed Christ as a Savior and trusted in him. You have a testimony as a child of God, and that's something that you should share. 
But here's what I would remind us tonight. In being an effective witness, it's not just us sharing our testimony. It's us sharing the Word of God, the good news of Jesus Christ, because it's that Word that brings faith. It's that Word that saves. I'll never forget sitting in a, a major conference one, one evening, and it was kind of wrapping up, and the last speaker was there and um, had his uh, opportunity to share with those who had assembled, and very passionate, very articulate, spoke with great clarity, um, great conviction, and everything he said was absolutely right, but all he did was tell his story. And then he called people to respond. And I remember sitting there thinking, man, this is a great story, but your story is not going to change anybody's life. Your story is not going to save anyone. No one is transformed by believing in what happened to you, but they're transformed by believing in Jesus Christ. We, we've got to share the word of Christ. We've got to share the word of God. We've got to share the truth of Jesus with them. And so as we think about being a faithful witness, we've got to, to wed ourselves to the word and wield the word in an appropriate fashion. And what we hear tonight in Psalm 119 is a psalmist who is entirely convinced that the word is sufficient to do the work. The psalmist is convinced that the word of God is living and active, as the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 4. The psalmist is convinced that the word of God, in the words of Jeremiah 23, 29, is like a, a fire and like a hammer. There's power in the word of God. And what we hear tonight is the psalmist expressing uh, his heart to the Lord to, to use that word as a faithful witness for him. And so as we go back and look at these verses tonight, as we think about wielding the word and faithful witness, I, I want to give you six descriptions, six descriptions of one who wields the word faithfully as a witness for God. So six descriptions of one who wields the word as a faithful witness for God. And in and, and, and looking at these descriptions, we want to see our lives live these things out. We want to see these motivations uh, become our motivations as well. All right, so number one, a faithful witness who uses the word will, first of all, know the love of God. They will know the love of God. This really is their motivation. This is... This is what has compelled them uh, as a witness for God. In verse 41, look at what the psalmist says. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Your steadfast love. You may be reading a translation tonight that renders it as mercies. Let your mercies come to me, O Lord. Let your deliverance take place according to your promise. So here the psalmist is once again finding himself in a, a difficult situation, surrounded by enemies, facing hardship and trial, and his plea to the Lord is, let me know your mercies again. Let me experience your steadfast compassion once more. Let me experience your, your covenant commitment to your people. 
Uh, that word that he uses there, steadfast love or, or mercies, is a strong word throughout the entirety of the Old Testament. It, it renders underneath it God's faithfulness, committed, ongoing faithfulness to his people. And it's displayed in a variety of ways, but here the psalmist captures it through the love that the Lord has shown him. His steadfast love. He says, from that love and through that love and by that love, you have brought deliverance according to your promise. Now, as the psalmist is writing this, he's, he's speaking out of something that he has known from past experience, but also something that he longs to see in the present reality. He, he's longing for a deliverance from the current situation that he finds himself in. And, and that comes, he says, through the mercies that God never runs out of. The mercies that are never exhausted. The, the words of Jeremiah from Lamentations chapter 3, His mercies are new each morning. What a glorious reality that is to know that we can never exhaust God's mercy toward us. And what a glorious reality it is to know that day by day, He brings salvation. He brings deliverance. He is working for his people. But undergirding all of this, there's a more glorious reality. The steadfast love and the salvation that God brings to his people through the gospel of his son. Now the psalmist here was looking at it from a different perspective. We stand today on the far side of the cross and we have the fullness of revelation given to us in the Word of God. And we understand more Calvary and, and what Christ has come to do. And so we can look back with a greater view before us. And we can really understand the depths of steadfast love and the depths of salvation. And certainly in that, we know and we realize the love that God has shown us in His Son. Paul would write, Oh, the depths of the riches, of the mercies of God when he wrote about the gospel. John would tell us in the words of Jesus that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but would have everlasting life. If we want to be a faithful witness for God, it begins by making sure we know the love of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And that that love has changed our lives. We have experienced salvation ourselves. The psalmist here is declaring that. He's acknowledging that. He's making that known. And he is letting us know that that is, that is encouraging him. Compelling him to serve as a faithful witness for God in his, in his current situation and circumstances. So first of all, one who is a faithful witness that wields the word, they will know the love of God. Secondly, verses 42 and 43, they are ready to give an answer. They are ready to give an answer. Verse 41 is the plea, the petition. Let your steadfast love come to me, Lord Bestow your mercies on me, O Lord. Deliver me according to your promises. Uh, let, me, let me back up right there and, and just mention this. And we'll get to it as we continue in our study in some more places. But one of the best ways that you can pray, and one of the best prayers that you can pray, is a prayer that's built upon the Word of God. 
to pray the word back to the Lord. This is what the psalmist is getting at here. Uh, Let your steadfast come to me. Give me mercy, O Lord. Give me deliverance according to your promise. Where does he find that promise? In the word of God. So he is praying the word of God back to the Lord of the word. He's he's acknowledging God's word before him. That's a, a powerful way to pray, to let the word of God shape your prayers. And so he's doing that. And then out of that, he says, then... Then by your mercies, I shall have an answer for him who taunts me because I'm trusting in your word, the promise that it has. And then verse 43, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. So here the psalmist is declaring to the Lord that he wants to be ready to give an answer. He is surrounded by those who are mocking him and ridiculing him, who are casting doubt upon him for the life that he lives. And he says, Lord, I just want to be a faithful witness for you. I want to be able to have an answer for the hope that lies within me. I wonder, are you ready to give an answer tonight? If someone were to ask you, why do you live the life that you live? Why do you believe what you believe? Are you ready to give an answer to them? A faithful witness is ready. They want God's word upon their lips to speak it truthfully to others. So they're ready to give an answer. Number three. They're faithful in the fight. A faithful witness who wields the word of God is faithful in the fight. This is is verse 43. It's an interesting construction in the Hebrew language here. Take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. It's as if the psalmist here is using a negative word, utterly, in a positive sense. A strong negative word to imply and convey a positive understanding. Lord, don't take the word of truth away from me, Uh, Don't let it be taken out of my mouth. Let me have opportunity because my hope is in your rules. The word rules there in some translations is rendered judgment. My hope is in your judgments. And the judgments that the psalmist is speaking of there are the rules by which those uh, who are uh, causing him harm and hurt will be judged by uh, is what he has in mind. And in essence, what he is saying is, Even while I'm waiting on you to hand judgment down, even while I'm waiting on the rules to be meted out, let me still be faithful. Let your word still be upon my lips, in my mouth. Let me continue to be a faithful witness for you. Let me be faithful while I wait on the outcome. You know, a lot of times when we find ourselves in those hard situations in our faith, when we find ourselves being mocked or ridiculed or the heat being turned up or the pressure uh, kind of squeezing us a little bit more, we're, we're prone, we're tempted to kind of back off. Maybe to grow solid. Maybe just to lay low. Well, that's not what the psalmist is saying here. He's not saying, Lord, keep me hid, keep me silent, keep me tucked away. No, he's saying, let me continue to be faithful for you. Let me continue to speak your words. Let me continue to live uh, your life. Let me 
trust in you and know that you're going to work this all out. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to bring all of this to pass in your time according to your rules, and you'll mete out judgment that is righteous in every aspect. But until then, let me keep faithful. Isaiah chapter 40 is uh, a pretty powerful chapter in the book of Isaiah. has some verses that oftentimes we turn to in the midst of difficult situations. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31, the Lord says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might. He increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Pretty familiar verse, right? We get that amazing image in our minds of mounting up on wings like eagles. And the one who mounts up with eagles' wings and the one who runs and doesn't grow weary and walk and doesn't faint is the one who waits for the Lord. Their strength shall be renewed. Now when we hear that, and we hear the word wait right there, if we're not careful, we're prone to thinking about waiting for someone to arrive or waiting for someone to meet us and we're kind of passive and not much going on. We're just kind of sitting around waiting. And so it kind of builds this picture of if we just wait on the Lord inactively, he'll supply the strength, we'll fly like eagles, we'll not be weary, and we'll walk and not faint. And so we're just going to pitch a tent and wait a little bit. That's not the implication of the word wait there in that text. When you go to a restaurant, a nicer restaurant, some of you probably think Taco Bell is a restaurant, something non-fast food, how about that? And you sit down at your table and with your spouse or your dates, and they seat you and give you menus and silverware. The next person that comes to your table, hopefully in a timely fashion, is who? The waiter. What an interesting name. We call them waiters. Now, what if they adopted the mentality of wait that we have oftentimes when we look at Isaiah chapter 40? Now, some of you are thinking, I probably had one or two that have done that. They've sat in the corner and they disappeared and they've just waited. But the waiter is the one who what? They serve. They see the need, they meet the need, they come by, they check, they inquire, they are our waiter. That's the picture of what we're to do in Isaiah 40. That's the picture of what the psalmist is doing here in verse 43. I am waiting on you. My hope is in you. I don't want to be kept silent. I don't want to be tucked away. I don't want to be hit. I want to remain faithful. Even when the heat is getting turned up, even when it's getting hard, even when the, the taunts are growing louder, Lord, let your word of truth still be upon my mouth. Let me be faithful in this fight.
It's a characteristic of a faithful witness. Number four, one who wields the word as a faithful witness, their walk and their talk will match. Their walk and their talk will match. When you get to the second half of this stanza, you'll notice that there is an emphasis upon the psalmist in a a healthy fashion. Uh, Declarations that he is giving concerning how he will live his life. I will keep, I shall walk, I will speak, I find, I will lift, and I will meditate. What we see here is the psalmist keeping a close watch on his own life and walk. And what we're uh, looking at and what we discover here is that a faithful witness is one whose walk and talk will match. What I mean by that is here's not someone who is simply speaking the word of God and living entirely different from that word. He is keeping the word with his life. What he is doing uh, with his hands is being matched with what comes across his lips. First church that I ever pastored, I had a gentleman who was there, and uh, I still remember him saying this. Uh, Just kind of always stuck with me, and it's kind of corny and cheesy, but, you know, sometimes that's the things that stick, right? Uh, But he said, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talk is louder than your talk talk. See what I mean? It's corny and cheesy, right? You have to stop and think about it a little bit. Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talk is louder than your talk talk. Meaning, you can say something with your lips, but if you don't live it out with your life, what you say with your lips doesn't carry a whole lot of weight. If we're not living out God's word, we won't be very effective as a witness when we share God's word. The psalmist here is saying, I want my life to be conformed to your words. He says in verse 44, I want to keep your law continually forever and ever. In the Hebrew language there that the psalmist recorded this, those three words that he uses at the end of that verse are are really interesting. He's just piling up Hebrew words that basically speak of Always, always, always. And compounding them like that, we kind of get this superlative idea and fashion that forevermore, I want to live your word out. In verse 45, he talks about walking in a wide place. He's he's painting the picture there of his life being lived by the word of God and it gives him great liberty There's not constraint or restriction. You know, many times we think the Word of God is a constrainer, especially those who don't know the love of God, look at God's Word and say, man, that's just constraining and that's constricting. The psalmist here here says, absolutely not. The Word of God is liberating. It is freeing. For in the Word of God, through the love of God, we find what we are called to be and called to do and the purpose for our lives. And the psalmist says, when I live my life according to your word, I walk in a, a wide place. There's great freedom, liberty to be found by living God's word. So his walk and his talk match. How well would it do for him to give an answer to those who taunt him when his life 
isn't matched by the word that he speaks. So one who wields the word as a faithful witness will live that word out continually. Number five, a faithful witness is one who has no fear of man and great confidence in God. A faithful witness is one who has no fear of man and great confidence in God. This is verse 46. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. In the psalmist's day, there was no higher earthly authority than the king. In his presence, one could face immediate execution, imprisonment. But yet the psalmist declared, you know what, it doesn't matter. If I'm before him, I want to speak of your word. I want to share your word as a witness to those who sit in high places. He was not fearful of man. He had a great confidence in God. He said, when I do that, he says, I'll not be put to shame. He knew that God would keep and honor his word. He knew every promise of God would always come true. I think one of the great reasons we struggle so often in our witness for Christ is that we fear man more than we fear God. Ed Welch wrote a book many, many years ago. The title of it, and I would commend it to you, it's not a very long book, but it's certainly a very impactful one. When people are big and God is small. When people are big and God is small. And, and, and that's the relationship. If man, and by man, I, I don't mean necessarily a particular man, but this world its system, its values, what unbelievers may think of you as a follower of Christ. If man is big in your eyes, if the value and the opinions of this world and of this system, of this current age that we live in, matter more to you than anything else, then God is going to be small in your life. And in essence, what is Controlling your life and your witness is the fear of man, not the fear of God. So either man can be big and God can be small, or in the case of the psalmist here, God can be really big and then man will become really small. We're not led along by the opinions and the persuasions of this world. Instead, we're anchored to a holy God. We live before him. And we know that when we do so, we will not be put to shame. We can speak of him before anyone. A faithful witness has no fear of man and has a great confidence in God. And then finally, a faithful witness is one who is fueled by the word of God. A faithful witness is one who is fueled by the word of God. These are the last two verses of this particular stanza in the psalm. Let me just read them for you again and look at these words and listen to them. Hear, hear the emotions of the psalmist. 
I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love. I will meditate on your statutes. Here is one who loves the Word of God. He loves the Word of God because it teaches him of the God whom he loves. He finds his delight in keeping his God's ways. He lifts up his hands toward the commandments. He loves them. And it's this love for the Word and the Word that he loves which fuels him as a faithful witness. You show me a faithful witness for Christ. You show me one who will speak of him, and I'll show you someone who's been in the Word of God. It's the fuel. It's the fuel that propels us to be his witnesses. Let me leave you with these words tonight. One commentator said, When we delight in God's word, love God's word, and obey God's word. That's the psalmist in our our text tonight. He loves God's word. He delights himself in it. He obeys it. Sharing its message comes naturally. We cannot help ourselves. We must speak. We cannot remain silent. To be a faithful witness, we must be faithful in God's Word. To be a faithful witness, we must be in the Word continually letting it shape our lives and warm our hearts that we could speak of him to others.